This is Markla Welcome to Gunshots Straight from the Hip. I'm your host, Mark Gunn. The views expressed on this program are those of the host and guests and not necessarily reflective of anyone or any entity associated with this broadcast. This episode is brought to you by The Lincoln Project. Grace Mayo, Norman Bernal, Anthony M. Hopkins, William Purcell, Tommy... In six months, COVID-19 has killed more Americans than any disease in 100 years. Donald Trump lied about it, rejected science, and still has no plan to save Americans. Now, Donald Trump has COVID. His White House, his campaign. Gregory Armstrong. COVID-19 doesn't care about elections. It spreads. It kills. Over 180,000 Americans over age 60 have died. More each day. But this election is the only way we can protect ourselves. Nick Cordero. Donald Trump will never have a plan. Joe Biden does. It's simple. To save Americans, we must change presidents. On November 3rd, vote like your life depends on it. Dr. Ricardo Castaneda, Ronald Lewis, Daniel and Valerie Zane, Lila A. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. This episode, Election 2020, a primer and hip hop in the protest movement. One of the things that hip hop has always had the ability to do was to send a very powerful message. In 2020, the need for those messages is stronger than ever, and there are some young artists that have really stepped up to the plate. In this episode, we want to take a look at some of the greatest hip-hop protest songs of yesterday and shine a light on some of the new artists that are making noise in a very important way. But first, a little bit of house cleaning. Early voting is going on now through November 2nd, and folks are either getting to the polls or using absentee ballots. What I want to do is make sure that you have all the information you need to make sure that your vote counts. Given the highly publicized shenanigans being pulled by the GOP, people have one particular question about voting by mail. Is voting by mail secure? Politicians, experts, and probably all of your neighbors are talking about mail-in voting and whether or not it's a safe and effective way to vote. Voting by mail began during the Civil War when both Union and Confederate soldiers could cast ballots in their home states from their distant battlefields. It's been sort of part and parcel of elections we've, we've for a very long time, especially uniform and overseas voters. That allowed and opened the door for really a lot of expansions in regular voters moving to vote by mail. Voting by mail has since come a long way, accounting for 25% of total votes in 2016. Currently, five states have mail-in voting for all elections. Opponents of mail-in voting point to double counting or voting on behalf of deceased people. But a recent Washington Post study of three vote-by-mail states found just 372 possible cases where this happened. That's a fraction of the 14.6 million votes cast by mail in the 2016 and 2018 general elections. Fraud certainly is possible, but it's not nearly as widespread as some make it out to be. There's this constant tension in election administration life between security and access. So the more accessible we make the system, you know, the more opportunity there is for fraud. I don't think it is widespread. I don't think there is massive amounts of mail fraud going on. But to say there's no fraud in the system is also, you know, disingenuous. As far as the large-scale foreign attempts at vote-by-mail fraud, the FBI have recently stated that they have not seen a coordinated fraud effort, 
and noted how difficult such an effort would be considering the decentralized nature of U.S. elections. However, Professor Atkinson does believe the rush to expand mail-in voting this year could make the system more vulnerable. So this really shifts things in a way that's it's not typical. And so, you know, we, we're going to expect later ballots. Look, we've seen that, you know, many ballots in these places have gone uncounted. There's been delivery problems of ballots to the voter as well as back to the election official. So, you know, in states that have this down, it's not a problem, but in states that aren't used to it, it's it's really a big change. Even with those concerns, Professor Atkinson believes mail-in voting is a good option this year due to COVID-19. The circumstances are such that, you know, we should all vote by mail as much as possible. I mean, the, the system is, is very strong, really. Election officials, you know, work to make sure there's integrity to the system. We have to look at this as a, a, a single moment where we have to bend our system because of the circumstances and then we need to go back and let states evolve naturally into processes that make sense for their voters. There are, of course, people like me who choose to vote early and in person. Here in Louisville, Kentucky, because of the coronavirus and other factors, our city has four different early voting places. There are several requirements in order for those to vote in this year's election. Masks must be worn. Voters can expect to have their temperature taken upon entering their polling site. Some form of photo ID must be presented, and voting hours here are from 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Monday through Saturday, giving people plenty of time and really no excuse to get to their closest polling place. Now, it was my experience that the process was very easy and straightforward. After having my temperature taken, I was directed to my geographical section with a number. I was then presented with my paper ballot and free to go into a voting booth. From start to finish, the process took about... 20 minutes. Now, for those of you choosing to vote by absentee ballot, there are a few things that you need to know. There were some 60,000 ballots in the last election that were tossed because of simple errors like not filling out the ballot properly. Something as simple as signing your name kept some folks from being able to vote. Now, if you are voting absentee for the first time, here are the exact instructions on how you need to deal with your ballot. If you're voting absentee, once you get the ballot in the mail, it will come with three envelopes. One secrecy envelope, one with an affidavit printed on it, and one plain envelope that's been pre-addressed. First, you're going to want to find the actual ballot. Fill it all out. Make sure you color in the entire bubble next to the candidate you support. Don't put an X, a circle, or a smiley face. The machine can't read that. After your ballot is filled out, seal it in the secrecy envelope. Put that envelope inside the affidavit envelope and seal it. This next step is important. Complete the affidavit that's on the outside of the envelope. You must sign it and get it notarized. Or instead of a notary, you can get two witnesses to sign it. Now, if they vote in person, we can take care of that for them. We'll, we'll notarize it for them. But if they are voting at home, um, they need two people, 18 or over, to be a witness for them. So it can be your husband, it could be your next door neighbor, it could be the mailman. And it doesn't have to be anybody that really knows necessarily you personally. You can return your ballot in person or mail it. If you're mailing it, put the affidavit envelope into the pre-addressed one and send it off. 
but don't wait to return it. Remember, the day before the election is the last day you can postmark your ballot, but it still has to make it all the way to the absentee office by noon on Election Day for your vote to count. Because of the ongoing controversy with the United States Postal Service and the underhanded tricks that the Republican Party is pulling with unauthorized ballot drop boxes, you are strongly urged to return the ballot box to your local county clerk's office or hand deliver it to the post office yourself. Voter suppression efforts are nothing new to the Republican Party. Everything from poll taxes way back in the day to gerrymandering districts to even closing down polling places in predominantly black areas. Voter suppression never went away. It evolved. They say to me, well, we thought we had done away with poll taxes. We thought we had done away with intimidation. We have all kind of obstacles being placed in our way. It's the same game with a different name. The bottom line is the crooked politicians and the Republican Party will do anything to win by any means necessary. Case in point, there are a group of rabid Trump supporters and so-called militia members engaging in voter intimidation by blocking entryways to polling places. It's every county clerk's worst nightmare. Thousands of vigilantes showing up without warning on election day. Not to vote, but to watch, some of them armed, demanding that some people's ballots be thrown out. A tense situation in which some might not feel safe to vote. Poll watching, also known as observing elections, is legal in America. Intimidating voters is not. But comments like these raise fears the line could be crossed. I'm urging my supporters to go into the polls and watch very carefully because that's what has to happen. I am urging them to do it. Both Democrats and Republicans have long assigned poll watchers who make sure their party has a fair chance of winning. There are nonpartisan election monitors and then there are party poll watchers. All of them are there to ensure that the process goes smoothly and according to the law and fairly. The nonpartisan ones are sent by good governance groups to be the public's eyes and ears. Increasing confidence the election is fair. Nina Jankowitz has been an election monitor throughout Europe. In Russia, I was up until four or five in the morning watching ballots getting counted at a regional office. Poll watchers enlisted by political parties play a different role. They ensure their party's voters aren't denied the right to cast ballots. They may also challenge whether procedures are being violated, like ID requirements, or whether certain voters are eligible. But where does legitimate poll watching end and voter intimidation start? I asked Nevada's Attorney General Aaron Ford. After Trump's debate comments, Ford was so concerned about voter suppression, he put out a warning. It's a felony to use or threaten to use any force, uh, intimidation, coercion, uh, any violence or any restraint uh, or, or undue influence against people who are trying to exercise their constitutional right to vote. If it happens to you, inform a poll worker, your state elections board or the police. Uh, and again, it's a felony in our state to do so. I will prosecute those, rest assured. The laws on poll watching vary from state to state, but there are some basic do's and don'ts. The biggest, don't interfere with voting. If you see a problem, raise it only with the election officials. In 40 states in the District of Columbia, you must be formally accredited in advance. You can't just show up. What is the actual process you have to go through if you want to follow the rules and be a, a poll watcher? Uh, they have to uh, uh, fill out a form that's going to attest to a few things. The first thing they have to attest to is that they won't even talk to voters in the polling place, uh, let alone intimidate them. Uh, they can't use any mobile telephone devices, devices or anything like that in the, t in the polling place. 
they can't advocate for or against a candidate, a political party, or any ballot question while they're in the polling location. Uh, they can't argue for or against or challenge any decision uh, of the county or the city election personnel. Um, they can't interfere with the conduct of voting. It's been a problem in the past. In the 80s, the Republican National Committee started a group called the National Ballot Security Task Force. They sent off-duty police officers with armbands to patrol voting places in minority neighborhoods in New Jersey. It had the impact of disenfranchising countless numbers of voters, um, but particularly uh, Black and Hispanic voters, which is where these um, individuals were targeting. Democrats sued under the Voting Rights Act and the RNC agreed not to do it again. But in 2017, that agreement expired, raising fears the same tactics could be used this year. President Trump has talked about sending law enforcement to the polls, and his campaign has called for an army of Trump to poll watch on Election Day. We need every able-bodied man, woman, to join Army for Trump's election security operation. Trump's campaign and the RNC say they're seeking about 50,000 volunteers. We all know that the Democrats will be up to their old dirty tricks on Election Day to make sure that President Trump doesn't win. Study after study has shown there's no widespread voter fraud in the U.S. by either party. But the militaristic tone being used by Trump's campaign is raising concerns about Election Day. Are the laws the same across the country in terms of whether you can actually bring a gun to a polling place? No, unfortunately, they're not. There are only six states that broadly prohibit guns at the polls. There are uh, four additional states that prohibit concealed carry at the polls, but not open carry. And there are a handful of other states that prohibit open carry at the polls. If you do go to vote and a poll watcher challenges your ballot, remember, you have options. In almost every state, you can file a provisional ballot until things get sorted out. A backstop to make sure every eligible vote gets counted. Voter intimidation is a felony offense. So if you happen to be confronted by one of these idiots, do not resort to violence. Get a hold of a polling official and call your local police. They want everybody to vote. I don't want everybody to vote. Elections are not won by a majority of people. They never have been from the beginning of our country, and they are not now. As a matter of fact, our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as the voting populace goes down. No one, and I mean no one, has the right to keep you from exercising your right to vote. We must understand the politics of our community, and we must know what politics is supposed to produce. We must know what part politics play in our lives. And until we become politically mature, we will always be misled, led astray, or deceived or maneuvered into uh, supporting someone politically who doesn't have the good of our community at heart. Coming up, hip-hop activism in the age of Trump. A look back to look forward, right after this. I am starting to regret my vote for Trump. I know. You guys, I know. I can overlook, and I'm okay with the blatant racism and the crass sexism and the deranged narcissism and pandering to Nazis and supporting pedophiles and proudly bragging about being a sexual predator and openly cheating your employees and mocking the disabled and praising murderous dictators and the constant pathological lying, the petty vindictive cruelty, the staggering ineptitude, the unapologetic corruption, the nepotism, the mob ties, encouraging violence against those that question your authority, the theft of our tax dollars to 
pay off your mountain of debt and or go golfing. Did I mention the relentless lying? You're a liar. Being a white nationalist, demonizing immigrants, the obvious disregard of the Bill of Rights, lying about whether Russia had hacked our election when you knew all along it had, then lying about lying about it, the collusion with our sworn enemy and the sworn enemy of democracy, your dereliction of duty, your treasonous activities. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. For downloads of this and past episodes and information about all the multimedia services we offer, log on to our website at www.markgunmedia.com. That's markgunmedia.com. Welcome back to Gunshot Straight from the Hip. I'm Mark Gunn. This episode serves as a primer for this year's election for those engaging in early voting and absentee balloting. We also want to take a look at hip-hop in the age of Trump and how it's been a vital part of getting people to vote over the last 20 years or so. Protest music is nothing new to the hip-hop generation. In fact, my favorite hip-hop has always been rap music that spoke to particular issues. Music with a message. So it's no surprise that my favorite rap groups are Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, X-Clan, KRS-One, Boogie Down Productions, Bay Area rapper Paris, and my all-time favorite, public enemy. While these artists consistently made music that had a message, a new wave of folks started coming in right around the 2008 election of Barack Obama. One of the more prominent campaigns in hip-hop was created by Sean Puffy Combs, his Voter Die campaign. Right now, our leaders are rappers. Our leaders are out. People said vote or die. People voted because Puffy said vote or die. <laughs> vote or die. You know, if he affected me, then he must have affected millions of uh, us black, young, young black people. I voted for Kerry just because. Obviously, I voted for Kerry, so I voted for I John Kerry. Uh, I voted for John Kerry. Actually, I voted for George Bush. Bush got more votes than any president in history. You know why? There was so much Bush bashing. They bashed him so much that it made him more popular. A lot of people from where I'm from felt betrayed because you had kids who, first of all, didn't give a fuck about voting, but they stood in line for two and three hours. They missed class. They missed work to make sure that their voice um, was heard. And that's sort of bad. That's sort of like you having sex for the first time and you get AIDS. And they really scared us all now. You know, after this election, after this election, I think they really scared us all now. Because I can't see us being involved in the next election that much. I think the powers that be will blow this country up, destroy the world before they let somebody else come and take control of it. Anytime you vote, exercise your voice but you know whether or not we whether or not we were we were heard you know I don't know you know what I'm saying like it's the most important thing is just making sure that you that you had something to say and, and, and that they know that you had something to say if you want to change go out and make a change and vote a lot of people are doing a lot of talking you know what I'm saying True enough, we had a lot of people went out and vote that never voted before, but a lot of people doing a lot of talking. A lot of people, I was asking about the election, did they go vote? They had a lot of excuses. We made a big movement, but I wasn't satisfied. It still was a close race, still close to call, and 
I got to deal with it. Trust me, your one vote can make a whole lot of difference, man. I think it would have probably been a, a better effect if he would have just blew him out. But, you know, for it to come so close again, and you know, I saw people who had to take off work. You know, people were sick, left their jobs for weeks at a time, you know. It's like, damn, how can this happen again? It is now clear that even when all the provisional ballots are counted, which they will be, there won't be enough outstanding votes for us to be able to win Ohio. And therefore, we cannot win this election. You know what I'm saying? It's like they only react. They don't charge. But nobody wants you to vote. Democrats don't want you to vote. My whole thing is this, man. Y'all want our votes, y'all want to come to the ghetto and try to get us to vote for y'all. Y'all got to fix this shit up, man. Y'all got to make this shit a better place for the kids to grow up and for kids to live at, man. We shouldn't have murals on every wall with motherfuckers, where, where motherfuckers is dead and all that other shit, B. You know what I'm saying? Y'all make this shit a better place and do something better for us, B. Y'all taking our votes and y'all looking like, yeah, we need the black vote and all that. And the condition in the black neighborhood don't change. We need, to, we need to do something, B. You know what I mean? Something, something gotta give. We done set the pace, we done set the mark, it's done. They gonna start listening to us, they gonna start buying our records. And when y'all, when your president, your senators, and your congressmen go home and you find a trick daddy CD, let it know I'm gonna be talking about you on there. And don't stop that, you can't stop that. You can miscount up, you can mess the count up, you can corrupt people's head, you can do all you wanna do. But y'all gonna count my vote from now on. Because of hip-hop Activision from that year, a record number of young black voters headed to the polls for the very first time, and Barack Obama won in a landslide. Unfortunately, that message has been less than consistent. For whatever reason, rappers got complacent, and the music started getting dumbed down again. Well, in the age of Trump, things have changed. Hip-hop is on a unified front to make sure that young people get back to the polls in order to remove Donald Trump from office. Part of that effort, part of that effort is in voter education. Independent artist Yellow Payne released a song last year that broke down the mistakes we make when looking at elections. It's called My Vote Don't Count. More than 270, more than enough to become the 44th president of the United States. He will be the first African-American president uh, of the United States. I've been broke all my life, but I kept hope all them nights. You see business in my city? Yeah, they closed all them twice. I was just riding down Salem, all them damn potholes I can't drive. I know y'all can fix it faster, but I know y'all won't try. Don't nobody care about us. And that's why I don't vote. Voted for Obama back in 2012. I remember that's when I had hope. He was saying, yes, we can. And everybody got less food stamps. And when I turned 21, I was still broke. I'd never vote again. I don't think I ever had a president make my life better. Did it all on my own. Ain't no politician ever do a nice gesture. I don't even know the man's name. I ain't never seen her one time ever. Tell me how she gonna help the city. What I'm supposed to do, write letters? What I'm supposed to do, blame Trump? Never really gave up, uh, and nobody raised minimum wage. None of these jobs pay enough. I think they just want to keep us broke, because they ain't putting nothing in place for us. This how all my people feel, but we got to learn. We complained enough. Let me change it up. Everything I just said, everybody I know think the same way. See, they don't want to see us vote, and we never do, so we see the same thing. But all our votes really do count, and they'll never really let it show. So now I'm finna break it down, because if I don't, you would probably never know. First thing first, you know back in middle school when they taught us, it was three branches of the 
government, we forgot it when we got older. It's the judicial, the legislative, and executive. But all we know is the executive. That's the mayor or the governor and the president. Now, none of them three people make no laws. They just be checking them. The laws come to their desk, and all they do is say no or yes to it. So when the news station tried to tell us that Barack Obama couldn't put us on, we was all Saudi at Obama when it was the Congress members out along. We got to focus on the legislative branch. Yeah, they the ones that make the laws. Yeah, they the ones right how much food stamp money you get on the car. But when people that wanted to help us wanted the job, I know they probably lost. Cause we ain't even know their name, we ain't know their face, we ain't know it all. So the Congress or the State House, that's legislative, they make laws. So what we want from the president is what they do. Okay, y'all? See, they election every two years, but we don't never even go to those. The Congress, they can raise minimum wage, but we ain't even really know it though. So you know how back in 08, when we all voted for Obama, we was all supposed to go back in 2010 and vote for the Congress. Cause they the ones make child support laws. They the ones choose if your kids at school get to eat steak or corn dogs. The State House make the so if the country failed, then you can't say it's them, it's your fault. Cause y'all ain't know to vote for Congress members that was for y'all. And they don't gotta leave after four years, and we just let them sit. See, they don't wanna tell you this, they want you to focus on the president. Now the third branch is the judicial, that's judges. They the reason why John Crawford and Trayvon ain't had justice. So when Meek Mill got locked up just for popping willies, we blame the judge and not the city. When they let her get voted in, cause they ain't know who to vote against. Imagine life on the other side. Roads better, schools better, everybody get their license back, grocery store food better, custody of your kids back, homeless people get new shelters, if we gon' fix the U.S., we gotta start with them two letters, me and you, somebody told us that the government wanna keep us broke, but the only reason why those people in the government is cause we ain't vote, and I ain't talking about the president, I'm talking about the ones we ain't know, see they was gonna try to keep it low, but it's gonna hurt them when they see the pros. Every time you stay home, someone is making a decision about you, making decisions about the air you breathe, the water you drink, the food your kids eat, and how much money you bring home every two weeks. So every time you sit out an election, every time you don't show up because you think it doesn't matter, someone else is happy that you didn't show up so they can make that decision for you. Vote. That's Yellow Pain and My Vote Don't Count, a quick primer at how we should approach this year's election That was recorded and released last year, just in time for the primaries. One of the things that the Biden campaign has done a pretty good job at doing, and it's frankly because of the amount of black staffers he has, is reaching out to the hip hop culture. Within this last week, within this last week, the campaign released a battle rap of sorts that's more of a conversation between two brothers about the pros and cons of voting. Yo, why you ain't been answering your phone? You know why I'm calling you. You have to vote. You know why I don't vote? Because as a black man, I just feel like there's no hope. Our president telling people to go back to China, taking the coronavirus as a joke. And that's the part that frightened me. When you choose a president, it's supposed to be a knockout. Then why this situation doesn't entice me? If you got the answers to get me out this dark path, my brother, enlighten me. We always telling each other to stay woke. That's why this time we gotta use our voice and you have to vote. The facts should show. Biden has a plan for African-Americans. We are not dealing with your average Joe. I see the way you looking right now. You know exactly where I'm gonna go with this. For four years we had Trump in office and we made the most of it. But we finally got somebody that could be in office that could give us a chance to have home ownership. I'm talking to all of you. $640 billion over the course of 10 years so we could finally get housing that's affordable. 
Look at him now, I got him stuck. With Biden and Harris plan, we gotta trust. Cause we can't say we support Obamacare, but rock with Trump. So Harris and Biden is gonna help with black ownership, huh? Okay, maybe it's true. But what about the black colleges and all the funding for the HBCUs? Is Biden gonna follow in Obama footsteps and go all out with healthcare? Or is he gonna laugh at us like our president now while our people struggle on welfare? You see, I did my research, which is exactly why I could rebuttal that. Biden and Harris planning to put 70 billion to the HBCU. We not just talking about a couple racks, giving teachers a raise. What Trump attempted to do, they plan to double that. And as far as the rich and poor with schools, the whole goal is to end the funding gap. That sounds legit. Only if our president now would quit. Hey, did you know that Unemployment for African-Americans is up this percent. So when you tell me to go and vote, go and vote, what well, a reason why it's such a hard one? Because how we expect our people to get jobs and the president can't even get the job done. Bro, I understand it's a process, so I'm not rushing you. Take your time. You know what's speaking of that? I got the perfect place to take you that'll change your mind. So you think because you brought me here that I'm just supposed to confide in Biden? What about the innocent blacks that get snatched out their vehicles just for riding? We don't even ask for much. All we do is ask for respect. Before they did what they did to George Floyd, this country had their foot on our neck. Now do you understand why I'm upset? I feel you, because every time we throw the system an uppercut, all they give us in return is low blows. But Biden and Harris got a plan to outlaw the chokehold. It's inspiring. Donald Trump is the apprentice, but now it's our turn to do the firing and review everything before we hire them. Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Eric Gardner, Trayvon Martin, say their damn names. The goal is to get Donald out of office and Trump his campaign. You know, before you actually caught my phone, I honestly had no hope. But if Biden and Harris gonna do exactly what you said, then I'ma go vote. Those are just a couple of examples of how hip hop has become extremely active in this year's presidential election. Those aren't the only young artists that are putting out political music these days. Search anywhere on YouTube or any music streaming service and you are going to find some young, talented artist that is speaking his or her mind about politics and about social issues. You saw Megan Thee Stallion on Saturday Night Live, right? Here's the bottom line. The election is on November 3rd. You need to do a couple of things. Make a plan, plan to vote. If you just turned 18 and this is your first time voting, make it a family affair. If you're somebody like Shaquille O'Neal or Snoop Dogg, gentlemen well into their 40s and are voting for the first time, make it a family affair. Study the issues on your ballot. Study the politicians. You know what's at stake. The Biden-Harris ticket says that this election is about the very soul of America. Given what we've seen over the last four years, they're right. Personally speaking, I'm huge when it comes to policy. But in this year's election, I voted for principle. So if you're somewhere where early voting is taking place, go ahead, get it done. Make it a family affair. If you're doing the absentee ballot, be very careful. Make sure you fill out all the information that's required so that your vote will count. November 3rd isn't that far away. Question is, what kind of America do you want to live in? Vote. You've been listening to Gunshots Straight from the Hip. 
The views expressed are those of the host and guests and not reflective of any business entity or anyone associated with this broadcast. If you have any comments or want more information on how to be a sponsor, log on to our website at markgunmedia.com or call us at 502-407-0283. That's 502-407-0283. Thank you for listening. Mark Gun Media. No hype, no hoopla. Just damn good work.